0: Chapters seven and eight of Sevastopol by Leo Tolstoy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapters seven and eight of Part Two Sevastopol in May, eighteen fifty five. Prince Galtsin met more and more wounded men in stretchers and on foot, supporting each other and talking loudly when they rushed up brothers said one tall soldier who had two guns on his shoulder in a bass voice when they rushed up and shouted allah allah they pressed each other on you kill one and another takes his place you can do nothing you never saw such numbers as there were of them but at this point in his story galtson interrupted him you come from the bastion just so your honor well what has been going on there tell me why what has been going on they attacked in force your honor they climbed over the wall and that's the end of it they conquered completely your honor how conquered you repulsed them surely how could we repulse them when he came up with his whole force they killed all our men and there was no help given us the soldier was mistaken for the trenches were behind our forces but this is a peculiar thing which any one may observe a soldier who has been wounded in an engagement always thinks that the day has been lost and that the encounter has been a frightfully bloody one then what did they mean by telling me that you had repulsed them said galtson with irritation perhaps the enemy was repulsed after you left is it long since you came away?" "'I have this instant come from there, Your Honor," replied the soldier. "'It is hardly possible. The trenches remain in his hands. He won a complete victory.' "'Well, and are you not ashamed to have surrendered the trenches? This is horrible,' said Galtson, angered by such indifference. "'What, when he was there in force?' growled the soldier." and your honor said a soldier on a stretcher who had just come up with them how could we help surrendering when nearly all of us had been killed if we had been in force we would only have surrendered with our lives but what was there to do i ran one man through and then i was struck oh oh, so softly brothers steady brothers go more steadily oh groaned the wounded man there really seem to be a great many extra men coming this way said galtson again stopping the tall soldier with the two rifles why are you walking off hey there halt the soldier halted and removed his cap with his left hand where are you going and why he shouted at him sternly he... but approaching the soldier very closely at that moment he perceived that the latter's right arm was bandaged and covered with blood far above the elbow "'I am wounded, Your Honor. "'Wounded? How?' "'It must have been a bullet here,' said the soldier, pointing at his arm. "'But I cannot tell yet. My head has been broken by something.' And bending over, he showed the hair upon the back of it, all clotted together with blood. "'And whose gun is that second one you have?' "'A choice French one, Your Honour. I captured it and i should not have come away if it had not been to accompany this soldier he might fall down he added pointing at the soldier who was walking a little in front leaning upon his gun and dragging his left foot heavily after him prince galtsen all at once became frightfully ashamed of his unjust suspicions he felt that he was growing crimson and turned away without questioning the wounded men further and without looking after them he went to the place where the injured men were being cared for having forced his way with difficulty to the porch through the wounded men who had come on foot and the stretcher-bearers who were entering with the wounded and emerging with the dead galtson entered the first room glanced round and involuntarily turned back and immediately ran into the street it was too terrible CHAPTER Eight, The vast, dark, lofty hall, lighted only by the four or five candles which the doctors were carrying about to inspect the wounded, was literally full. The stretcher-bearers brought in the wounded, ranged them one beside another on the floor, which was already so crowded that the unfortunate wretches hustled each other and sprinkled each other with their blood, and then went forth for more the pools of blood which were visible on the unoccupied places, the hot breaths of several hundred men, and the steam which rose from those who were toiling with the stretchers, produced a peculiar, thick, heavy, offensive atmosphere, in which the candles burned dimly in the different parts of the room. The dull murmur of diverse groans, sighs, death-rattles, broken now and again by a shriek, was borne throughout the apartment sisters of charity with tranquil faces and with an expression not of empty feminine tearfully sickly compassion but of active practical sympathy flitted hither and thither among the blood-stained cloaks and shirts stepping over the wounded with medicine water bandages lint. Doctors, with their sleeves rolled up, knelt beside the wounded, beside whom the assistant surgeons held the candles, inspecting, feeling, and probing the wounds, in spite of the terrible groans and entreaties of the sufferers. One of the doctors was seated at a small table by the door, and at the moment when Galtson entered the room, he was just writing down number 532, ivan bogev common soldier third company of the s regiment fractura femores complicata called another from the extremity of the hall as he felt of the crushed leg turn him over oi my fathers good fathers shrieked the soldier beseeching them not to touch him perforatio capitis semyon neferdov lieutenant colonel of the n regiment of infantry have a little patience colonel you can only be attended to this way i will let you alone said a third picking away at the head of the unfortunate colonel with some sort of a hook ay stop ah oh, for god's sake quick quick for the sake uh, perforatio pectoris sebastian sereda common soldier of what regiment "'However, you need not write that. moritur. Carry him away,' said the doctor, abandoning the soldier who was rolling his eyes and already emitting the death-rattle. Forty stretcher-bearers stood at the door, awaiting the task of transporting to the hospital the men who had been attended to and the dead to the chapel, and gazed at this picture in silence, only uttering a heavy sigh from time to time.' End of chapters 7 and 8